Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Oh, ho, 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 and welcome, merry people, to Movie Reviews in 20 Cues. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and I am joined this week by the most gingerest of all the Mrs. of Clauses, Stacey. How are you, Stacey? <laughs> oh, I'm super excited, Sam. I, I can't wait to review this movie. Why? Why are you so excited? I'm excited because we've got an amazing guest on our show today. That is true. Who's the amazing guest we've got, Stacey? We've got the lovely Emily Higgins from the Tasteless podcast. You say, Emily, how are you? Hey, I am great. Also, so very excited. Yay. So you, as our guest, got to pick the film and you went with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Any particular reason why you picked this, Emily? Because Halloween just happened, kind of, and everybody was talking about how it was a Halloween movie and it's not. It's a Christmas movie and I needed the world to know my thoughts on that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yep, makes sense, makes sense. Now, I'd never seen this film before. Had you seen this film before, Stace? No, this was my first time. That's mm. unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of bizarre. It's like it came out when we would have been what? Both would have been like 10 or 11, 12, something like that? Yeah, I would have been exactly 10 when this came out. I would have been going through my peak adolescent, fuck you, I don't want to listen, watch Christmas bullshit, fuck the world phase, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> I'm excited to hear you guys talk about it because I have a lot of nostalgia surrounding it. So ah. I just assumed everybody else did too and knew all the songs. And now I'm like, oh God, you're watching this now as an adult. It might make me look insane <laughs> to have recommended it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, no. How many times do you think you've seen it, Emily? I would say a solid 10 times Whoa. over the years. Over the years. My parents loved it. And then I definitely saw it once in theaters later. Like they released it at some 3D theater and a friend's parents brought me. That was scary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sounds like it. So if um, anyone listening at home hasn't seen the film before and wants to listen along to the podcast anyway, what's the plot of this film, says? Okay, this film follows the misadventures of Jack Skellington, Halloween Town's beloved pumpkin king, who has become bored with the same annual routine of frightening people in the real world. When Jack accidentally stumbles on Christmas Town, all bright colours and warm spirits he gets a new lease on life he plots to bring christmas under his control by kidnapping santa claus and taking over the role but jack soon discovers even the best laid plans of mice and skeleton men can go seriously awry yeah so it's your fairly typical um sort of kidnapping horror torture film really eh? <laughs> yeah imdb have this rated at eight out of ten rotten tomatoes have this at 95 percent metacritic have it at 82 percent but emily what would you give this as a score out of ten thousand zombie woman i would say a solid seven thousand seven hundred zombie women nice Oh, that's interesting. I went with 7,122. And I just realized that she's actually a Frankenstein woman. She's not a zombie woman. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I, I'll get into my, in my compliment sandwich, but I'll give it 7,992 out of 10,000 wow. zombie woman slash Frankenstein monster. Mm. <laughs> I think there weren't any zombies now that I think about it, and I'm shocked by that. No, there's not. There's literally everything else, eh? <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot going on, you know. This easily could have missed something. Now, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. Uh, we start with 10 questions that we all answer. We then move into three personal questions that we take turns asking, and then we end with our listener question, which is a question that we throw out there to you, our dear listeners, to answer for us, and we uh, sort of go through your response and judge you accordingly but the one that we always start with is the compliment sandwich which is one thing good one thing bad one thing good about this film now ginger princess why don't you start us off first good thing is this is a tim burtony 
movie. It's great. It's fun, quirky, and original. I don't know if that's still a good thing, but yeah, it wasn't. It time. is a good thing. <laughs> it is. My bad thing is, as the first time watching this as an adult, the opening sequence, I was like, what the hell is going on? And I was like all of those people who thought, this is a Halloween movie. What the hell is Emily on about? <laughs> Initially, uh, and I just, it took me a while to kind of go, whoa, what is happening here? It was very fast. There were lots of characters, that, you know, that whole singing sequence. However, on reflection, I think maybe, is this a movie that gets better on repeat watches? And my final good thing is, I think this movie has aged incredibly well. It is 26 year, years old. As of oh, yeah. this year. But it looks like it could have been made last year. Like the, the story is still relevant, the the animation and the quality of it, you know, it looks to me great. And just to put this in perspective, I just had a quick look at some other movies that were released in 1993, which I believe have aged and you, you, you can be the judge. So Groundhog Day, yeah, Jurassic Park, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. And the only other kind of adult-ish animated movie was Wallace and Gromit, The Wrong Trousers. <laughs> Oh, that classic. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So compared to those films, this film could have been released recently. So True, yeah, yeah. Love that. And what about you, Emily? Well, actually relating to Stacy's last one, it's just stylistically so cool that they handcrafted it and it's stop motion and each second of film is like three movements or something. It's just, I mean, and I think that's why it's been able to hold up so well is that 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 style of animation, it's never going to look old because there's nothing cooler than that. Like, yeah. yeah, it's such a unique thing. Like a 3D VR, whatever, can't compete with that because it's just it's its own category. We looked up the trivia for it, and it was like I think it was actually 12 motions per second, and it took a hundred people three years to make it. Oh, God. Yeah, that's where I got three. <laughs> three years. And it's only 80 minutes long or something. It's pretty yeah. short. But yeah. I, you can see it the most when he's when Jack is experimenting with all that Christmassy stuff that he's stolen. And he puts that berry on the microscope and zooms into it. And then he cuts that bear open and the stuffing comes out. The textures are insane. So true. The bad thing also relates to Stacy's in that I enjoy this movie, but it's not something I want to watch a whole bunch of times. I think you see it the first time and you go, okay, what happened? And then maybe you watch it one or two more times and you go, oh, I get it now. And then you watch it again. And it's like, I mean, I enjoyed seeing all the cool stuff happening, but I was like, yeah, I get it. I know what's going to happen. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know why this movie in particular, I was just like, no, I got, I don't need to watch this again. I know this story and I know these songs. Yeah. yeah it's a really simple story when you think about it. It's extremely simple. What makes it different is is all the the characters and yeah. the interest in the world that they live in. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's the looks that I want to go back to, but the story itself, I was shocked when I would look and see, oh, we're 20 minutes in and 100 things have happened. Where do, what's happened? <laughs> like, we were at a point where I had 10 minutes left on the movie. I was thinking, what? There's so much more that happens between now and the end. How are they going to fit it all in? They fit it all in somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and then the my last compliment, the music is so good. Danny yeah. Elfman at his best, just catchy and amazing and also kind of scary, but holiday-ish. Like, it still is festive. And it's funny because that was actually my first good thing was the music. Like, it's amazing. Like, it is. It's really well crafted. It suits the film completely. It, you know, it comes in at sort of like perfect times and buoys it up or brings it down sort of thing. But it's kind of funny because that leads me into my bad thing, which is I fucking hate musicals. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah. I did not know this was a musical. Oh. So I, I was like, this is, it was like the opening scene of La La Land where it's like this all big dance jazzy type number and all this shit. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That'll happen. But most of it's going to be like acting and stuff like that. Oh, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Everything you're- about this movie must have been a real shock to you. It absolutely yeah. was. You can imagine what our faces looked like for the first 10 minutes of this movie. <laughs> I truly, I would have given you some sort of warning had I known you hadn't seen it because it's just out of the blue, such a strange movie for someone to tell you to watch. Me and Stacey did look at each other and go, quit, quit, yep, text her, yep, cool. And they were like, no, we'll give it another 10 minutes. We'll give it another 10 minutes. But I'm, man, I'm glad we did, though. Oh, yeah, I'm totally glad I we think did. the reason it was shocking to us is just we went in unprepared. And when you're trying to figure out what the story is and you have to do that by a very quickly sung song, it's like, whoa, what's he saying? What's going on? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like we had to, we were watching this like in bed. So we like had to wake up and go, right, okay, <laughs> we actually have to pay attention to this. <laughs> yeah, at least six times I looked at Stacey and was like, I have no idea what is going on right now. <laughs> Did you have a skeleton or Oogie Boogie nightmares? Oogie Boogie, definitely. <laughs> he inspired our listener question. That's a bit yeah, of a foreshadowing. I think the yeah. skeleton for me was, he's too pointy. It's scary, <laughs> you know, he's too like sticky, thin. I see where you're coming from, Stacey. You don't like pointy things. You prefer soft and fat, don't you? Sort of oh, curvy <laughs> squishy, cuddly <laughs> things. Squishy, soft, ugly things. Oh, thanks, Stace. No, oh, that's why we got married. Let's move right along on to question number hey, two. Hey, I haven't ever given my final good thing. Oh, hurry. Up. Oh, no, that's it. Maybe your final good thing is that you surprisingly enjoyed it after yes. that intro. There we go. We'll use that. <laughs> okay, guys. Question number two. What item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be? And before you answer, just need to remind everyone that this question comes courtesy of our wonderful Patreon, Phil Joinson. So thank you so much, Phil. We love answering this question. I absolutely want to be Oogie Boogie's dice with that one little snake coming out of him. It's such yes. a cool piece. I almost went for but decided to say I don't want to be that can of frog's breath. It was just so shocking. Yes. I don't want to be the carrot in the face of the snowman when Jack Skellington goes into Christmas land. (laughs) What happens to the carrot? Exactly. What happens to the carrot? (laughs) Jack goes in, finds the snowman, takes the carrot out of his nose and the hat off the top of his head and then cuts to a shot of Jack as the skeleton and the hat's on the top of his head but this carrot has disappeared. And then when he gets out of the snowman, the carrot still has disappeared. Where has that carrot gone? It definitely (laughs) fell in his nose hole. (laughs) It's in the snow. It's not in the snow. I looked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's gone in his nose hole. It absolutely has. Ew, I didn't think about that. That is upsetting. Or he is smuggling it somewhere else. That's basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but he's, he's, a, he's a skeleton. You would notice if, if he was smuggling it somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so the object that I wouldn't want to be is Jack Skellington's sleigh. Because that gets blown to smithereens by the <laughs> people in the real world when they discover he's not the real center. Oh, yeah. That's true, yeah. he gets turfed up like no one's business, eh? Yeah, scorched earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, question number three. What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? My deep debate was, why don't I like musicals? You know, like I started off and was just like, oh, no, it's a musical, I'm going to hate this. And then by the end, I was like, no, I really enjoyed that. And then I was like, is there other musicals out there that maybe I should give more you know, time and consideration for. There's definitely been a couple of films where I've watched it and I'm like, no, I can't do this. I can't watch this. 
Huh. I'm trying to think of something like Moulin Rouge and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I appreciate what they're doing, but I don't enjoy this. It's like people's photos of them on holiday. It's on <laughs> that they put on Facebook. You, you look at them, you're like, oh, that's good that you went away and had a holiday, and I'm glad for you, and I can see that you really enjoyed yourself. I don't give a shit though. So you're <laughs> mad. You're mad. You don't get to sing in your everyday life. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Just like I'm jealous I'm not on holiday with them. I'm jealous I don't get to sing around in my everyday life and sing my way through troubles. and. <laughs> oh, FOMO then. That's why you're jealous of musicals. I'm going to try spending a whole day where I do nothing but sing and see what happens. Please. You could do a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't encourage yes. him. He's going to do that. It's happening. <laughs> I can see We're going to do an episode on Greece and I'm going to do nothing but oh, sing the entire no. time. Oh, <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, oh, that's my most hated movie. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm only learning this. Coming up in the new year, Greece. <laughs> anyway. It'll um, be a one-lady show starring Stacey. <laughs> okay, so my debate is who is this movie for? What? Who is the audience? And I know that I answer this later, so um, ask this question later. So let's we can dive into your answers at that point. But for me, that was my f- philosophical debate. I was watching this, going like, exactly, who is this for? Is this for musical lovers? Is this for children? Is this for <laughs> adults? Is this for teenagers? There were things in there that were inappropriate for all of those age groups. And, you know, if you love musicals, you might not necessarily like this. All original songs, you can't immediately, like, launch in and sing along and and go with it, unless you've watched it a few times, which isn't the repeat thing. So I was just actually baffled as to, who is this for? You know, like when you launch out and spend three years and probably a lot longer in the writing process making this movie, it's right. not a cut. I, I would be curious, like their marketing team is sitting there around a table trying to figure it out. I feel the same about Spice World, where I'm like, I love this, but <laughs> who besides me was this made for? And I can't believe A Nightmare Before Christmas is PG. Yeah, yeah that blows me away. It's a bit scary in places and... Horrific. Oh, it's so scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's so scary, yet my deep philosophical debate is, is Jack Skellington hot? <laughs> <laughs> he has such charisma. He's so tall. He has a nice fitted jacket. Good style. <laughs> he definitely have a boner. <laughs> I mean, that's... I. I was as it started I was like wait is this why people are into it like weird goth girls like Jack Skellington is so hot I can sort of see do they think he's hot I reckon they will. I can see the attraction. Like he's sort of like emotionally distant, sort of wrapped up in himself. And he's the popular guy there. But the the less gross philosophical debate that I would love to determine is this movie seems to just be saying stay in your lane if you're good at one thing don't do anything else it'll go bad (laughs) i was like wait this message is bad for children watching this pg film that was the other one i had written down (laughs) that is that's really clever that's actually a decent debate worth thinking about yeah the movie is totally telling you don't try anything different yeah if you do (laughs) the military will blow you out of the fucking sky (laughs) yeah but in the end you may find love true that's a good point love that he was not amped about he was like oh you're still here well all right you're also the only other definitely female in this town (laughs) so Mm. true Good Everyone point. else is questionable. Yeah, they are. I don't know what the hell Oogie Boogie was, and I don't want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and that sack of his gets ripped open. Holy shit. But that animation is crazy. I was, though. They crushed that last bug, and I thought, kids can't watch this. <laughs> 
So, right. question number four. How long would you guys date this movie for? I wouldn't at all. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. I would go on a couple dates, I think, because I feel like it's kind of fun. Maybe it knows somewhere cool to hang out. Maybe it has some good movie recommendations. But then the cutesy goth vibe would get old real quick. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I think if I had watched this as a kid, and conversely, if this movie was a girl at my school that I knew when I was younger and thought was quite hot back then and cool, I'd maybe date just, you know, out of nostalgic reasons. But because I've sort of only just come to know this movie recently, I don't know if they're really worth my time. <laughs> There's a bit too much creepy shit going on. And like, yeah, sure, I like to get weird, but I like it when I get weird. I don't like it when other people get weird. <laughs> De- definitely yeah. she would want to have blood vials like Angelina and Billy Bob. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah no. it should be all about that. Prove your love for me. Give me some of your blood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Question number Five. What would the porn parody name for this movie be? Did we all come up with the same name, which is Jack Off Skellington? No. Oh, that's, that's a good. One. good. Okay, good. I came up with it. I was proud of myself and I was like, oh, everybody's going to have this one, but I don't have anything else. I was Googling like Nightmare Before Christmas. I even Googled if there was already a porn and there is. Really? I didn't look at it, but I saw the name, the names of it and I was just like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Big time. For me, I had a couple that Stacey had to check and ultimately vetoed (laughs) because they were a bit too disgusting. Yeah. So I've tamed it back a bit to a Nightmare Before Christmas. Clam smash. And no, I'm getting looked at like that one never got fucking discussed. <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> you had to come up with that one in the dark of night and hide it. <laughs> I did. I had to smuggle it into this podcast and I've just now put it out. Oh my God. That's, I love it and I hate it. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> okay. So mine's a bit different. I'm, mine's the festive boning extravaganza. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Make that movie. (laughs) I can picture it and I'm very upset. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I need to go have a shower. It's so clear. All those people at town of all those shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why do I have imagination? God damn it. Yeah. You can stop it now, brain. (laughs) Right. Enjoy, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just leave that with you and move on. (laughs) All right. What? film would be the best or worst to watch as a double feature with this film so this question comes courtesy of our amazing patreon Emily <laughs> and we've got her live in the flesh asking us this is so cool yeah i'm so excited uh there have good answers this really it doesn't really relate to this film aside from the fact that it's also puppets there's also a whole lot of music it's team america world police <laughs> I loved Team America World Police when I came out. In fact, that was probably the first film that I remember being like, hey, yeah, I can probably get down on musical movies that are, you know, are musicals as well as being other films sort of thing. And that's what I think is another great example of like the action genre being blended with music, whereas this is Christmassy Halloween movie being blended Fantasy? with music. Fantasy movie? Yeah, yeah. So there we go. That is such an interesting pairing. I have not seen that movie, but maybe I need to do it as a double feature. It's good. It's mm. really good. It's a product of its time, but it's, it's pretty good. Well, I'm sticking with Tim Burton for my double feature. And this movie, by the end of it, it made me excited to watch some more Tim Burton. Burton movies because they're so interesting and I'd like to rewatch Alice in Wonderland. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. Just because it's another kind of kid's story that could be quite dark and interesting. Mm, so interesting. 
Yeah. I also went with another Tim Burton in Beetlejuice. Because it's just, it's so fun and it shows this other universe that we don't know about with all these creatures. And also, I think it's also not supposed to be scary, but I'm a little scared of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was another movie that I never watched as a kid, but me and Stacey watched recently. That's really that good was play. really exciting for me, actually, because I did watch that as a kid. So that is quite nostalgic for me. I've watched it multiple times as a kid. So it was quite cool to be able to introduce it to Sam. I think it's now coming out on this podcast that I never watched any movies as a kid. <laughs> I was locked in a room for 18 years and then unleashed on the world, basically. Yeah. I mean, definitely, if I had a kid locked in a room, that would not be one of the movies I let him watch. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be low on the list. It's true, yes. true. So question number seven, which character from this film just clearly needs to get laid? It's definitely Sally. She's so lonely and she's locked in the, you know, in the, in the house of the Mr. Finkelstein, who's doing god knows what, and she's trying to poison him to get out of there. And she's just so in love with Jack. Makes sense, makes sense. Hmm. So immediately in love with him. Again, why I wondered if he was hot, because he just walks by and she's like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I would say her creator, that little duck-faced doctor, he built a woman from parts and she still wouldn't sleep with him. True. (laughs) Yes. Like, what a bummer. (laughs) Yep. He he was down on my list. He was very high on my list. But the... Other one, the really easiest obvious answer is Santa. Santa goes through an incredibly traumatic experience and then he has a giant sack that needs to be emptied. That man needs to get laid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh dear. Oh, I'll be waiting all week to make that joke. The release. The release. What a great Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, kids. I can go about my podcast now. Oh dear. Question number eight. How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this movie? Stacey's favorite question. I immediately knew the answer, which was that sniveling mare with the two heads. Ah, awesome Just answer. so clearly, imagine Nicolas Cage at that gate, like, Jack, where are you, Jack? And like rolling down the <laughs> stairs and just like, Jack, I need you. He was very manic and just, uh, Nicolas Cage would be so perfect. Oh, yeah. And Nicolas Cage just swings between emotions like no one's business. And that mirror does the exact same thing. And that was what I had written down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he could do the voice of the Oogie Boogie Man. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit hysterical and crazy with his roulette wheel and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it'd be perfect. I reckon Santa. Absolutely no idea why, aside from the fact that I would love to hear Nicolas Cage like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> plenty of time for me to save Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Nicolas Cage has ever watched this movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. Maybe so this was made for Nicolas Cage. I think so. <laughs> I think you cr- it. I could see him being so into it. I can imagine him sitting there about 45 minutes into this going, holy shit, Tim Burton made a documentary about my life. This is... <laughs> there Should I be suing people? Perfect movie for him. This is was made for your Nick Cage question. Yeah, totally. I reckon he could have played every single role in this film, actually. Yeah, if Jack was less suave and more just a kidnapping <laughs> maniac, that would have been a different version. But Nick Cage would have excelled. He could have been Sally. Yeah. He could have been a little duck doctor. Was it Lock, Shock, and Barrel? Barrel the three kids, the three psycho little kids? He could have yeah. easily been those guys. One of whom is Pee Wee Herman, which I didn't know until I was literally talking on the 
phone to my dad today, like, I'm going to be on movie reviews in 20 cues again. I'm so excited. And he goes, are you going to talk about Pee Wee? Like, oh, why? Why would I? And he's like, because he's in the movie. And he plays one of the three children, which is a very weird choice to mm. hire a famous person for. Yeah, I saw him on the cast list. But yeah, like, why pay a famous person to do it when you can't tell what they sound like? It's just yeah. true, yeah. Cheers, Emily's dad, for bringing up that awesome piece of trivia. Yeah, was, I was so embarrassed when he was like, aren't you going to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there reading IMDb, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you reckon we could what? Skype him in? Is he available at the moment? <laughs> he does not watch movies ever. Oh. I don't know why he knows this fact. I very angrily <laughs> tell them to watch things. I think the only movie they saw in theaters in the last year was Black Panther because my mom loves The Walking Dead and Michonne was in Black Panther. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wakanda forever. So, Go your parents. They can't, they can't <laughs> talk about anything except Nightmare Before Christmas, which they showed to me as a child a million times. And maybe they should think about those choices. <laughs> <laughs> Question nine. What character would you get to help you hide a dead body? This is a bit of an odd one. Well, it is me. And I'm, it's in theme of this podcast and everything being weird. But I'm going to go with the Easter Bunny, who has a small cameo. Look, if you need, want something to hide a dead body, why not get a human-sized rabbit that could probably dig a si- hole the size of a human <laughs> and bury a body? I immediately was thinking, yes, because he hides eggs. But you were thinking he could use his rabbit feet to dig a hole? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would get the little messengers of the world, lock, shock, and barrel, uh, to go and do my dirty work. That's what Jack did, and they clearly can get things done eventually, given the specific <laughs> right instructions. I don't think they're very trustworthy. He told them not to get Oogie involved in this, and that's immediately what they did. They had their fingers crossed behind their back. Yeah, but you can't... You'd say hide a dead body, and they'd be like, sure, and then go hide it down at the police station. <laughs> You know, you could easily blame them because they're kind of psychotic. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, Everyone in this town seems super down to hide a dead body, <laughs> especially oh, yeah. for Jack. Like, I think any of them would, but I would go with Sally because she would probably make some sort of rope and pulley system to mm. get the body down. Like, what she doesn't true. have in strength, I feel like she can make up for in ingenuity. Sally's kind of like the little chemist, you know. She's making up those little potions for her master. She could be like the whole Breaking Bad. She could just bring in a big vat of some special toxic chemicals and chuck the body in there. And then throw up a big fog cloud no one would know. Exactly. And our final question that we all answer, what quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear immediately after you finish having sex? This is a line from Jack. Forgive me, Mr. Claus. I'm afraid I've made a terrible mess of your holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, I also had a Jack line, which is just, what's this? What's this? (laughs) (laughs) Mine was actually a line of centers, which was, the children are expecting me, so please come to your senses. Oh, no. And that moves us on to the personal questions. And Emily, as our wonderful guest, you are going to start us off. So why don't you hit us with your three personal questions? What's the worst gift you've been given? So I am bald. And for a Secret Santa gift, one of my workmates gave me a razor. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Sort of didn't know what the fuck I got it for. 
And then the Secret Santa eventually said in front of everyone, ha ha, I got you that because you're bald. To which I replied, you think I don't own a razor? Do you not see me already shaving? Sable went quiet and then, yeah, just cringed. Just cringed for about five five minutes of like just staring at each other. It was bizarre. Now, Emily, I know you really wanted to hear some interesting, quirky gift or something, but I was literally trying to think of something and I cannot remember because I just get rid of things I don't like, even if they're gifts. If someone gives me something crappy, it's probably either donated, re-gifted, or gone in the trash before you know it. There is at least 12 (laughs) things in our cupboards that I have given her for her birthday, for Christmas, that get told, we just don't have any space on the wall for this at the moment. (laughs) I am genuinely jealous of that attitude, though, because I'm a hoarder. And that's why I'm sitting in a closet with an old plastic gun from a costume five years ago (laughs) that I've moved from one apartment to another. The thought of getting rid of some of the crap that I've accumulated. (sighs) I wish. (laughs) All right. Next question. If you had access to those holiday doors like Halloween Town and Christmas Town, which town would you be visiting most often? I would be visiting Easter Town because I just love chocolate. Oh, God, I knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> I just couldn't get enough. So I'd be sneaking in there every now and again just to get a little chocolate fix and then going away. <laughs> And as much as you love chocolate, I love getting on the piss and getting drunk. So what better place to go than St. Patrick's Town? (laughs) (laughs) I've been on the piss in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day before, and it is just like the ultimate party followed by the ultimate hangover. But while you're there, man, it's all just shits and giggles. It's a fucking great time. All right. Is this Tim Burton's Tim Burtoniest film? I'm actually going to go no. Like, I know this is a Tim Burton idea. And he wrote like part of the script and all that other stuff. But I read the trivia on this. He didn't. He didn't direct it. He apparently only spent about ten days in the three years it was getting made, actually on set, helping out people and giving direction and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm going to go no, and I'm going to go like there's a way more Tim Burtonier film for me, and that's Edward Scissorhands. It's got Johnny Depp in it. It's bizarre, gothic. It's you know everything that Tim Burton seems to keep like recycling in his movies now. It's yeah, yeah it's that. Yeah, I love that movie and I totally agree. That's, yeah, that's awesome. But for the purposes of this question, I'm going to pick another movie that we've already spoken about and that's Beetlejuice because I love it. It's crazy and interesting and, and really fun and it's a Tim Burton-y film. Equally fun and terrifying. Yeah. Cool. And that moves us on to my questions. Now I notice a lot of this happening throughout the film. Uh, pretty much every single one of them. But which side character do you guys think is actually living in a nightmare? Well, it's definitely Sally. I mean, she's locked yep. in a she's locked in a room. She's with her creator, and she's just in love. She's you know got unrequited love going on. She's just. There's nothing worse than that. She's falling out of towers and having her arms come off. Oh, yeah, but she seems okay with that. She can just stitch (laughs) them back on. But, yeah, that doesn't help. Definitely, Sally, because not only is she a straight-up hostage who has her limbs taken away from her as a punishment, no one in town seems to care. She's locked up there. People know. And Jack just rolls up like, hey, doctor, whatever. What's up? Can you help me with some stuff? Oh, hey, prisoner. Bye. (laughs) Like The lack of care in the rest of that town is so frustrating. Yeah, I totally agree. She's so lonely, you know, because of that. She's got no friends or everyone else in that movie seems to have a buddy, a sidekick or a friend. They kind of come in pairs or groups or something like that, where she's just on her own. That's one of the parts where I was like, how is how can kids watch this? How can this be PG when they're showing that she's a hostage and that he 
definitely wants to have sex with her. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. I was like, what do you tell your kids? Like, oh, she just is hanging out over there for fun. <laughs> so, guys, here's a good question for you. What would Stacy Town or Emily Town look like? Cats everywhere. Or, well, I actually couldn't decide if it'd be cats everywhere or just me and my cat as the kings. Because <laughs> um, I don't want her to be annoyed by the other cats. A Coca-Cola fountain. A movie theater that no one is allowed in except me and anyone who can pass a series of written and oral tests. <laughs> like, I would have a <laughs> decibel reader. My little decibel reader. And I'd be like, here, breathe how you're going to breathe in there. And oh, we'll see if yeah, you're allowed yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would truly be my dream. I love the movies so much. I hate everyone else in them. (laughs) (laughs) So if I was in a perfect little town where I could just walk the streets with a little stop motion version of my cat, just grabbing sodas, chit-chatting it up. Nice. That sounds awesome. That sounds pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, mine's totally different. (laughs) You don't want to come live in my town? (laughs) No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying mine is totally different. And now that I'm re- uh, reading over what I wrote down, really, it sounds a little bit maybe like I want to live in a hippie commune or something, but which is not really what I was intending. But, you know, I'd just really like to live in a small beach town where everything's close together. You can just walk like a little village. You can just walk around. There's no cars. Everyone grows their own veggies and has free range chickens running around and beehives and butterflies and trees everywhere. and and bikes, people biking, cycling around. So maybe a little bit Scandinavian as well, you know. No one wears clothes. And- <laughs> if you started a cult, you could make this happen. True. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, can we have a door from my town to your town for when I drink all the soda in my town and feel like I'm dying? Yes, yes. You can come and recuperate. <laughs> can I roll over and eat some of your vegetables? Yeah. Absolutely. Because they're definitely not going to be in my town, but I probably should eat some. It'll be like a health retreat for you every now and then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll just go detox in Stacey Town. Yeah. Okay, and my final question. Which two characters from this film would you take with you on a crazy night out? Definitely Oogie Boogie, because he seems like a good time, but he's not going to steal the thunder like Jack. If you're out with Jack, all eyes are on Jack. True. And I'm not interested in that. If you're out with Oogie boogie like he's fun but he's not going to take all the attention away from me and then i think sally not because i think she'd be fun but because she definitely needs friends she's like a kid that your mom makes you invite to your sleepover (laughs) and i just be like all right sally why don't you come out with us tonight like we're gonna go gamble like come on and she'd be like i don't know i gotta sew my arm back on (laughs) all right well bring your bring your thread like we're going out at eight she'd definitely have your back hey like she'd you know if you get into trouble She'd be there to try and, you know, take the fall sort of thing or help you out. Or- For sure. She can be the DD. She can keep an eye on things. Like, I think she'd, she'd be a good balance to Oogie Boogie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I dig that. I'm just going to go with two really obvious ones. Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I mean, they they would just know so many things, like places to go and places to get good drinks and meet cool people, and you'd it'd be like getting invited into like VIP rooms everywhere you go, you know. Santa Claus knows all the naughty people, so you'd be having the fucking night of your life, man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, that brings me to my set of three questions. So, the first one is, oh yes, (laughs) I love the musical and I knew that Sam would love to answer this question. So, sing me some lines of one of your favourite songs from this film. I get the tunes in my head more so than anything else and I truly tried to learn one of the songs and realised I just know, just constantly in my life I'll just have this is Halloween, 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 <laughs> Halloween, Halloween. Hall- I don't know what any of the other words are. And it just goes indefinitely in my head. And I didn't realize that was a problem until I watched it again. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be the next two months. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to listen to it again just to reset my brain and be like, what's the next word? No clue. Just this is Halloween. <laughs> and I'll find myself singing it in the shower, like anywhere. Just this is Halloween over and over it's it's not good it's so catchy though you're right yeah. the, the, the little so, the tune is like yeah really bouncy and it's three words <laughs> that i truly could just sing rip i could just say halloween Hall- for five minutes <laughs> and be like that was great what a great song <laughs> well the simple songs are often the best <laughs> truly catchy truly an earworm Okay, Sam, what about you? What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? (laughs) Yay! There we go. That's so fun. I love that song. (laughs) Well done, guys. I'm very impressed. That was really fun. So I talked about this earlier in my philosophical debate, but I'd like to know you guys' answers about who is the audience for this movie. Tasteless podcast hosts. (laughs) (laughs) And their family. (laughs) Truly, well, my mom loves Tim Burton stuff and I think still loves, despite my problems with it, Johnny Depp and mm. like all of, and Helena Bottom Carter and all of that, even though neither of them have anything to do with this. It's like that same family. But I realized girls who are now like late twenties, early thirties, who liked this movie as a kid are now so obsessed with this movie and they're mildly emo or goth and they have dresses with patterns from this movie on it they have t-shirts and jewelry from hot topic they have funko pops of it it's like how there are horse girls there are nightmare before christmas girls a specific sect of people that i don't consider myself a part of like i people who are so into the aesthetic of it where they're like oh it's cute but still creepy and it's and then probably like the 40 year old men with lip rings that are trying to get those girls yeah (laughs) true yeah yeah so basically none of us then so no wonder why we we were like hmm interesting and my final question is did you spot any nods to other movies within this film either stylistically in the story or anything else I found it to be very grinchy Mm. like that he's kind of the opposite of the grinch but they're they're like two sides of the same coin and that they feel this need to kind of possess the items from the holiday because they don't understand it and they want to learn about it so they kind of hoard all these christmas things like 
uh, what's Christmas? I got to get it. What's going on with you guys? Why are you into it? And they just take all these bits and pieces. It doesn't help them know the true meaning of Christmas. They have to learn that from other people and then they figure it out. So true. That was, I'm not even going to even try and come up with something else. That was my exact answer. I was like, this is a reverse Grinch. This is like the Grinch in reverse, basically. Yeah, yeah. Rather than someone that hates Christmas, it's someone that absolutely loves Christmas and wants to recreate it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so interesting, guys. The quirky thing that I noticed, and the reason I asked this question, is the movie I'm thinking of came out after this movie, so that's no way related whatsoever. Unless time travel. Yeah, but <laughs> Moulin Rouge. So in the final, yeah, in the final scene when Jack and Sarah are singing to each other, I just had this flash in my brain. I was like, "Whoa, Nicole Kidman and what's his face?" <laughs> you know, yeah, I was just like, would. "Wow, it's." Scary. Oh, yeah. It does have a similar, like, weird... Moulin Rouge, I would say, kind of a similar crossover target market of girls that are like, oh, it's so romantic, and then she dies. I want a man to love me till I die. Yeah. Early (laughs) and still hot. Yeah, yeah. Good answers, guys. And that moves us down to our final question, which is a listen question, which we threw out there to you guys for answers. But before we get into them, we're going to give our one so we don't steal your guys' awesome answers. Question is, what is the most traumatic kids movie out there? Like, as I said during this podcast, you, these kids are watching Santa get blown out of the sky. Oogie Boogie gets killed in probably the most disgusting manner fucking possible. There's a lot in this film that is really disturbing. Well, for me, this is a movie I actually watched multiple times during my childhood, but it is just so bizarre. It's the labyrinth. It oh. starts with the baby ad- abduction. Like, you can just stop right there, and that's freaky, <laughs> okay? Your little baby brother or whatever gets abducted in the middle of the night, and then it just follows through all these weird and wild creatures and gross things happening, and then it just gets finished off nicely when we're introduced to David Bowie in his amazing codpiece <laughs> outfit. <laughs> yes. I was wondering if you were going to bring that codpiece up. <laughs> she had to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So all in all, the whole thing is just so bizarre and it just definitely goes over that line into scary and traumatic. So I saw Nightmare Before Christmas a lot as a child, was not traumatized. What really got me was the fox and the hound. I'm going to admit, I don't remember even what about it upset me so much. And I know it's because I've blocked it out because it truly upset me. I know something devastating happens and I did not Google to see what. What I do remember is that the fox and the hound were best friends when they were puppies, babies. And then the hound had to hunt the fox. Ooh. And then I think at least one of them dies. And I truly was like, I don't need to know. I'm not going to look. And I definitely, that was like my favorite movie as a kid. But I was also so upset by it. <laughs> and I own it now. I bought it. Have not watched watched it don't know how it ends. wow yeah that's that sounds really <laughs> affecting yeah <laughs> something happened that i truly cut from my memories i've got a couple mrs doubtfire that for me in hindsight is a really disturbing movie Ugh. like me and stacy were talking about before the podcast and she's like no nah, it's not that bad you know it's quite nice i was like okay imagine if your parents had split up and your dad then dressed as a six-year-old woman and came and hung around with you every day and you didn't know Ugh. how would you feel but the other one is one that Stacy and me tried to rewatch recently that Stacy said disturbed her as a kid. And I remember going, oh, I think I enjoyed this as a kid. And then the more I watched it, the more I was like, oh, no, this tra- traumatized the shit out of me. And that was Gremlins. Yeah, Sam said, don't you remember this is a comedy? And I'm like, no, it's not a comedy. Gremlins get blown up in a microwave. How is that <laughs> not? Yeah, right, that's not a barrel yeah. of laughs. They're evil satanic little shits that go around killing half the population in this town. 
That film is a fucking horror movie. That's not a kid's comedy. Exactly. People love like Labyrinth and Gremlins and Mrs. Doubtfire. People love those movies. Like no one's out here calling them out like they need to. <laughs> exactly. Well, that all ends today. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. We got to take a stand. <laughs> I wonder if children now would be like if a kid now watched Gremlins would they be upset by it or would they be like, that looks fake. I saw a VR gremlin the other day. Yeah, true, mm. yeah. That moves us on to our Twitter answers. Are you ready to hear these days? Oh, yeah. Are you ready to hear me. what the most traumatic movies out there for kids are, according to our listeners? Mm-hmm. Paul from the Countdown oh. podcast that was on recently on our Die Hard episode, just an all-around great guy, said... Coraline is the only film that gave my daughter nightmares as she sobbed through the night about the button eyes coming to get her. Funny as fuck that answer, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What's so interesting about that is I remember having a lot of nightmares after reading that book, but I wasn't scared of the movie. I don't know if it's that I saw the movie a lot later, but I for sure had the same nightmares after reading it. Our good mate Liz also said that Coraline was the one that traumatized her a bit. About the button eyes. She also brought that up. Moves us over to Julio from The Contrarians. Toy Story 2. If Jesse's song doesn't break you, the ending will when Woody basically accepts his own mortality. <laughs> yeah. They go so hard in those movies. Remember when everyone was in that incinerator in Toy Story 3? Yes. Oh, man, that fucking made me lose my shit. I watched that on a plane flight from London to New York as a 28-year-old man. I was like, fuck, I've got to fucking make some changes in my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well, I will cry on a plane watching literally any film, and I have. So there's something about a plane, I'm just, I got to let it all out. And I've had flight attendants check on me. It's a situation. <laughs> I could not watch Toy Story there. It's funny that you say that, Emily, because I don't get overly emotional really ever. But on a plane, often I'll watch a movie and it will really impact me a lot more than if I was watching yes. it on Earth. I think there's something about yes. lack of oxygen, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just trying. I have watched the worst movies on planes and just sob like four Christmases with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn and like Mother's Day. And I'm just, oh, God, this family's apart. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing. I was watching like, what was it, Transformers 2 or something? I was like, this is so bad. (laughs) I cried at a trailer for the the first Mark Wahlberg Transformers where it's like some new earth and there's like a kid and I was like oh god that kid doesn't have a family <laughs> <laughs> got a few other ones here from Under the Fum Watership Down scared me as a kid bright eyes burning like fire I cried like a bitch and I completely agree that film is horrific if people haven't seen it there's a lot of bunny on bunny murder I haven't for that reason <laughs> I haven't seen it either I, it's, I think it's British and it's just like, the Brits just don't give a shit they'll traumatise the shit out their kids they they used to have this christmas special called the snowman did you got have you oh yes i've seen that yeah with that young so it's about half an hour long there's no there's no dialogue whatsoever it's all music and this kid wakes up one day and there's a snowman outside and he befriends a snowman and then they play with each other and then they go up into the sky and they fly all over england and then they fly all the way up to norway and see the northern lights and they fly back to his home and then he says oh goodbye snowman sort of thing like but of course there's no dialogue whatsoever waves goodbye the snowman walks inside wakes up the next day walks outside it's real sunny the snowman's a you know puddled <laughs> i thought where that story was going was that there was going to be a dead body inside the snow of the snowman <laughs> no. so that's a real yeah it was 
Steve, from everything I learned from movies, went with Arfrax. Arfrax, you're sinking out of the never-ending story. Can't remember the name of the horse. Arfrax, Arfrax. Oh, or something. I can't remember how to pronounce no. it. No, it's an I- Artax. Yeah, Artax, or- something like that, eh? And basically, this poor little horse gets stuck in the is it the sea of depression or swamp of depression or something? Yeah, I think I saw it once or twice. It was just like, oh, I don't want to watch a horse death. I'm good. And that's what happens. The horse is too sad and he doesn't want to go anymore, so he just succumbs to the swamp and drowns. Why as children were we so aggressively mourned about quicksand situations? Yes. I've never come across any quicksand ever. I'm not even sure it's real. <laughs> like that swamp and then there's like the swamp in um or I guess it's quicksand in the Princess Bride yeah. and it just Never in my life, like I never read on the news, like someone falls in sand or falls in swamp and can't get back out. Like it never happens. But I remember aggressively studying what you're supposed to do and you're supposed to just spread out and get as much surface area as yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah, I did the same, eh? Learn about that. Not move, <laughs> scream for help, all that sort of shit. Why was that such a concern in the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> it's insane, eh? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point. couple more. Two peas on a pod said, got to be returned to Oz. Should be NC-17. I, I hadn't seen it, so I sort of queried and said, the Wheelers and Princess Mumby. Yikes. Google it and pretend you're 10 years old. And I did, and I don't want to go into it too much, but it's horrific. It's so bad. More so, I've never seen it. I also Googled it. And the Mumby thing, I was like, okay, I think this is cool as an adult, but also scary. Like, it would be cool in a scary movie. Mm. The Wheelers... No. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what no. got me as well. Yeah. They they reminded me of a traumatic experience that I actually realized I didn't include. Do you guys remember in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang the child catcher? Oh, yes. Yes. With the nose. That freak. I was so scared of him. So genuinely scared. And that's what these wheelers reminded me of, where something's just off and they're just coming for you and they don't care if you're a kid. Yes, so true. That's a good one. Justin from So I Married a Movie Geek went with, I'm still having nightmares about Return to Oz. So, yep, Justin, <laughs> totally get you. The Recasting Couch podcast, old yellow kind of fucked me up as a kid. Anytime a kid's best friend needs to be taken out back and shot, it leaves a lasting effect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you guys know there's a site called Does the Dog Die? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <gasps> I had to, I was halfway through some terrible movie the other day and I paused it and went to that site and I was like, I got, if it's, I got to find out. And if it's a yes, I'm stopping this movie right here because I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> That's fascinating. I've never heard of that website. It's interesting because they'll have that and they'll be like other related queries. Does a cat die? Does a frog die? <laughs> Is, does someone fall to their death? And like it gets progressively weirder. And so you can really check anything you have a phobia about. You can go look. Needles, Sam? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't bring that shit up, Stace. <laughs> Over to Izzy Fisher-Krondrike. She went with All Dogs Go to Heaven, which I haven't seen, but she also mentioned The Land Before Time, which I have seen and which gave me incredibly traumatic experiences as a kid, and I'm mentally blocked off. Isn't that the film, the girl that did the voice of Ducky? She was a small child and her father shot and killed Whoa. her. Whoa! <laughs> I'm trying to double-check that. Yes, she and her mother were killed in a... Double murder, suicide. This is not a fun fact. Like, makes watching those 80 Land Before Time movies. Like, I can't, I used to love them as a kid. I can't go back to them because I'm just like, oh boy. Yeah, no, I'm done. Mm, very dark underbelly. Mr. Wick's dog groomer. Agreed with you, Stace. He went with the labyrinth. Yes, very, it is so scary. 
Alayini Silvermist said Bambi destroyed me and it always sort of reminds me of the episode <laughs> Friends how Phoebe's like Bambi's a really nice movie and then we find out that Phoebe's mum had deleted the first five minutes of the movie so that she didn't know that Bambi's mum got shot in the head did you guys have that happen to you with any movies did your parents keep you from any parts mm, no I think my parents just kept me from entire movies until I was a bit older <laughs> I watched a ton of films but I watched a ton of inappropriate films way before I knew what the hell was going on in them and it's funny now when I would go back and watch those films I'm like fuck I shouldn't have been watching this when I was eight years old this has got like hardcore sex scenes and violence scenes in it <laughs> Michelle D also went with The Wizard of Oz those flying monkeys in the scene where Ms. Gulch flies next to Dorothy during the tornado and then morphs into the Wicked Witch also parts of Willy Wonka are pretty messed up and really shouldn't be watched by children Willy Wonka is legitimately a saw movie for kids. One by one, these kids get offed in these elaborate schemes, and that's exactly what the saw movie is. <laughs> oh my god, they stole saw. <laughs> wow. they there, that one scene in Willy Wonka where they're in that tunnel is oh, really upsetting. This is a fact that I know for sure, is that those kids didn't know that that was going to happen. <laughs> so they were genuinely the terrified in that footage. So those were their genuine reactions. <laughs> and I used to fast forward through that part when I would watch it because it's not even necessary. It's not part of anything. It's just this weird interlude of fear. Yeah. It's an elaborate scheme by a goddamn sociopath to murder several children. Grandpa Joe almost gets his head chopped <laughs> <True>. off. <laughs> And then finally, Joanne went on to say Jack the Bear, and I have no idea about that movie. I've never seen Jack the Bear. No, neither. Okay, so this is the plot summary for Jack the Bear. Danny DeVito. Okay, I'm traumatized. <laughs> yeah, trauma. Is John Leary, a professional clown. Trauma. Whose wife wife's death in a car accident. Trauma. Has left him to care for his two young boys. Trauma. Loving but useless at the daily job of fathering. Trauma. The onus falls on plucky Jack the Bear. Leary's conscience and quantity of alcohol. Trauma. The hell? <laughs> leads him to denounce a neo-fascist candidate on his children's television program and also to the kidnapping of younger son Dylan by a disturbed neo-Nazi supporter. What <laughs> the hell? Okay, that hey. is traumatic. <laughs> I'm just traumatized reading I, this. I just Googled to see a picture of the poster, and there's a picture of a very upset, very young Reese Witherspoon being forcibly kissed by another young child. Yes! <laughs> it's coming up as a comedy. Oh, congratulations, Joanne. You win, you win this round. <laughs> that was a brilliant gold answer, and thank you. Now we don't have to watch that movie. Oh, no. Why is there a... There's just a big question. Jack the Bear, is it on Netflix? Who is asking that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And that takes us down to the end of our podcast. Emily, tell us about the Tasteless Podcast. Oh, yeah. Good call. Uh, Tasteless is my podcast. We're coming up on a year of episodes where I take one movie that people love, like, let's see, what have I done? Mrs. Doubtfire. People <laughs> love that movie. And then I compare it to another movie that I think is better and relates to the first movie thematically. Like, I'm never going to make up some nonsense, right? I try to make it. I make points. I relate them. So if you're looking at a film about a strange parent trying to do right by their child, you're going to get better parenting from striptease than from <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Oh, I just did Jurassic Park and... 
the mummy. Oh. I would argue Ooh. the mummy. The mummy is a better case of digging up an ancient evil and then having to fight it. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I love your points. They're so creative and I love the way that you connect the two movies in often ways that I've never thought of before. It's <laughs> yeah, it's so, so creative. Too. My favourite was your very first episode. That was the one that got me hooked when I saw Showgirls being compared to La La Land because I hated La La Land. And yeah, as people will know, we recently did uh, Showgirls and yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks again, Emily. It's been so amazing to have you on and have your question every week. We absolutely love it and it's been awesome. Thank you. And I'm so excited for you both having seen this film and the Oogie Boogie Nightmares you'll be having from now on. (laughs) Thanks, Emily. (laughs) Can't wait. Yeah, so that takes us to the end of the show. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews and 20Qs. Find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. We're a bit more prolific on there and easy to get a hold of. Or just send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Occasionally check those. And yeah, in terms of upcoming episodes, me and Stacey are going to do 2018 in review where we're going to ask 20 questions about 2018 about our favorite films what we most enjoyed what we were most disappointed by our favorite performance by Nicolas Cage that we watched this year <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to have a little break over Christmas years while me and Stacey are away camping and then we're going to come back with probably kick it off with a drink special aren't we we're going to get um, quite a few of our former guests so they're all petitioning us to have a have a basically a drink off so we'll we're trying to think of a theme for that one and we'll um, have Stacey judging and handing out shots and telling us how awful our answers are so <laughs> Yay, I can't wait for that. <laughs> cool. Anyway, that's thanks for me. Thanks, guys. Bye.